0: And Welcome back to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Claire. She's a sales coach who specializes in supporting women in making their purpose and business their spiritual practice. She has coached hundreds of clients to shift their money mindset and to take their money vibe to the next level so it shows up in their business. Everybody, please welcome Claire. Hi, how are you? I am so
1: good. I'm so excited to talk about money vibe and getting us to really understand as women that business and sales and being on purpose is really a spiritual practice that's part of one of my core beliefs
0: oh my gosh so how did you come to this idea like let's start from the beginning what is your journey as a fearless female
1: wow i mean there's many starting points i feel that really impacted me well it started with me being actually very fearful I grew up, I'm a first generation Filipino American. And in my household, there was just a lot of just overarching fear. Like a lot mm. of my like trauma was around, you know, I had very strict Catholic parent. My dad was a more strict one, but it was a very rigid household. And if you are an immigrant or you know somebody who is a first-generation immigrant, it was like it was definitely this feeling of scarcity. Mm. And We were often told that only A plus anything less than A plus was like just you know go put your head in the garbage disposal essentially (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I mean like not of course my parents didn't do that but I mean it was pretty traumatic to get anything less than A plus like if nothing was up to that standard it was you may as well just you know kiss your butt goodbye yeah and that I mean that extreme viewpoint of good or bad or perfection or nothing definitely had some impact. I mean, when I was in my teens and through college, I had an extreme eating disorder. I was anorexic Mm. and bulimic. And it really led me to a place where I just was totally undervaluing myself. It showed up number one in my romantic relationships. I definitely was dating men that were not... Good. I mean, they were good, but they I did was not valuing myself in the relationships. Mm. I was constantly overextending. And so it, it impacted my ability to show up in romantic relationships. And then it really showed up in how I was running my business. I was a fitness professional for mm. 15 so years. And I would just undercharge and not really stand up for myself. And at my worst, I was at the poverty level for for quite a long time. So that, that was really my, my, my starting point. And it was, it's, it took me a long time to evolve from a very fear filled from childhood, struggling with image and into even my business as I started to grow into adulthood.
0: And what was your like moment where you realized like, I need to change this and I need to heal my past in order to like really own who I am. I mean,
1: I feel like it's definitely spiritual awakening can either feel like the first drop of a roller coaster, or mm-hmm. for me, it actually happened. My awakening was slow and steady, like a, just like a slow death, a slash awakening. <laughs> and I, I think the one of the most major times where I I knew that something had a change was I had a, a a little bit of an eat, pray, love moment where I was with a dating a guy and we had you know like a minor fight but something inside me I I basically wanted to I I was living on a second story building and like I just wanted to jump off that building and and not even like which is even more sad because like I don't think I would have killed myself I just would have been like really injured yeah (laughs) maybe broken my back or something but I just remember that feeling of if if he doesn't want me then who would yeah. Like if he didn't want me then who would and he actually had dumped me like he had dumped me i had gone to a yoga class and it was one of those yoga classes where the music was just you know high vibe and i was moving in this flow and i i just felt the oneness i felt with my breath with my pranayama with with all of that i i actually I felt the light inside me. And I think for so long, I I had not not just not known the light was there, but maybe even ignored the light that was in mm. there. So that was definitely one of my first awakenings to, wow, there's something more. There's something more here. And through yoga, I, I went all the way with yoga. I'm a 500-hour yoga teacher, even though that is not part of what I my, my business is now, but Yoga, and I also do deep, deep spiritual transformational work, not just with my clients but also with myself and my community. But I, I think those of you who know and if you aren't experiencing a spiritual journey, I do believe that we are all on a journey. whether we're whether we're awake to it or not, we either get yeah. to we either get to choose to be part of the ride. And we get to tell the tour bus driver, like, you know, the guide person that's kind of, I like to think of it as our conscious mind. Our conscious yeah. mind is like the tour guide. But our, what, I, what I absolutely know about the, the work that I've been doing and that I do with my clients, it really is subconscious. Like mm. that's the bus driver that's driving yeah. the bus that we're all on. So whether we are in conversation with the tour guide and the bus driver or not, we are all on a journey to figure mm. something out.
0: I loved how you described that, that the bus driver is your subconscious mind, because I talk to my clients all the time about how your subconscious mind is just going on its own. It's automatic. It doesn't even, right. it's going off of a program that was given to you. And how you said earlier, you grew up in a family where scarcity was the mindset. Right. So how did you go from changing your scarcity mindset to now you're not uh, giving discounts to your friends or <laughs> or lowballing your gifts and your talents and what you can share with the world? How do you help someone Who has had that subconscious download that there's never enough? There's only so much money to go around. I'm not worthy enough to charge that much. $500 yoga hours. That's crazy. You know, like how do you get someone to change the way they visualize and see and think and feel about money?
1: Yes. So, this is such a huge part of the work I do when I have retreats where we have like ocean view, like. Retreats, and we do deep money mindset work, especially if you're really wanting to reach the next level of income. But one of the things that this deep work does is, first of all, understanding what your money story is. Mm. A lot of times, like we are not even awake or really like aware of when these money stories get implanted. And I'll give a just a, a small example. So one of the money stories that my my parents had, as immigrants to get here was that you have to work hard for money, right? Like there has to be like either physical labor or you have to go to college and like pull all nighters every night for it to be valuable. And I didn't even know that that was part of my subconscious programming where I, and I would gather evidence around me of like, mm-hmm. see, this person worked hard. This person wakes up at 4 a.m. and goes to bed at 11 or 12 or doesn't go to sleep. And they're millionaires and, or whatever the thing that I, 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 I created the evidence for. And one of the most important things is looking at how, what your belief is not true because all beliefs, by the way, are not true. Whether <laughs> like what it, it doesn't really matter. It's just only one truth. And that's us. Like, yeah, like who we are. So, when I when I looked at, oh, well, let's just let's dissect that. When I looked at, oh, well, do people have to work hard for money because there are people that have passive income because no they maybe they invest in real estate and they just passively get to collect money every day. I mean, that's one of the that's one of the ways that you could not have to quote-unquote work hard for money. You could, or you could invest in stocks. So you could have other ways of passive income. So when I started like, like really looking at my beliefs, I was like, well, that's not true because some people don't quote unquote work hard or work to the bone or break their back to mm-hmm. actually be successful. So once we can understand who gave the map to the bus driver, yes, who gave the map, right? And this is like not pointing finger at mom and dad because mom and dad did the best they could with the tools they had.
0: Yeah. And And they probably got handed the same map. Right. Exactly.
1: And then (laughs) grandma and grandpa gave them the map and then we get the map. Right. So it's all, but, but part of waking up, like part of waking up our subconscious and actually being in conversation with the tour bus driver that like the, the tour guy that's talking to the bus driver is, what are my unconscious habit patterns? Like what is my unconscious thought or belief systems around something? So if you want to reach the next level or you want to increase your money vibe, you want to quote unquote attract money, then you have to understand your programming. and, Mm. And not only that, but have a real way of a process for changing that.
0: Yeah, I love talking about money because I too had that scarcity download when I was from zero to seven. I always tell people like from zero to seven or zero to twelve is when you get your download of how you're supposed to be, act and be in the world because now you're mirroring your parents. Or what you, whoever was that, that you grew up with, you know, whether it was your mom, your dad, your stepmom, your stepdad, your grandma, your grandpa, they were the ones that taught you how to be act and live in this world in all areas. So if, if money was the thing for me, my dad didn't make that much money we were always broke. I mean, left and right, like the electricity was getting shut off or, you know, the phone back then when you had a phone (laughs) tied to the wall, it was getting shut off. You know, we would shop at the lowest places or I would get hand-me-downs and go to, you know, the Goodwill or whatever, which is like a secondhand store here in Southern California. And These were what what I was taught is that you had to work really hard for your money because my dad would wake up at six o'clock in the morning and be gone until eight o'clock at night. And you had to have a nine to five job and that this nine to five job was going to save you. And and for me, like I learned that being an entrepreneur actually Um, My dad was an entrepreneur. He worked, 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 and never had a dime. So I thought, like, well, if I get a regular job and work nine to five, I will always have money. And then, you know, the economy collapsed in two thousand eight. And there I am unemployed and have no money. And so there I am unemployed. I still have the download of money comes really hard. It's, you know, only the rich stay rich. Every time I saw somebody that had something, I would say, you know, must be nice. It must be nice, you know, because... I couldn't see outside of my download. I couldn't see outside. My bus driver was driving through the cheapest neighborhoods, right? Right. Going a (laughs) hundred miles an hour.
1: And like, there's like no, and also the thing that I'm hearing too, is that there was so much momentum, like your dad waking up at six and like, there's so
0: many things layering on into the So if you're listening to this, like, think about your program, like right. what were the layers? And even though you're thinking, oh, but we, I, I was never without, that never happened to me. You know, we always had food over food on our table and a roof over our head, but what were your mom and dad saying to you? Let's say you were at the grocery store, you know, and you're like, Hey, I want this Kit Kat. And what, if what did they say to you? Were they like, yeah, sure. Put it in the basket. Or were they saying, Nope, we don't have enough money. Or it's not part of the budget. Or who do you think I am? You know, these little things that they might have said to you, or even when you're in school and you're recognizing that other kids on the first day of school had brand new backpacks and brand new shoes and brand new clothes, and you were wearing your sister's hand-me-downs. Like these are all things that affect you, correct? Right.
1: I want to give it another perspective because I just was talking to a client who, She's, she's well off. I mean, she is, she is a for sure a millionaire in her own right. And her mother was also a physician. And she told me this mo- this money belief, because I've seen it shown up, show up for her, my client. Mm-hmm. But she told me that her mother, her, part of her programming and her narrative was that her mom, she would say, I can't afford it. But then when she got more curious, which is like part of like, at, if you're talking to people about money, like whether you're an entrepreneur, you for sure need to be comfortable talking about money, but also understanding talking about money with your parentals. Like that's really important. So she asked her what she meant by, I can't afford it. And her version of I can't afford it was less than $10,000 in her bank account. She does not feel safe. Mm. And I was like, wow, but that is, so it doesn't matter if your family or my family were really struggling or like not whatever that you know. I'll do quotations. Like struggle can feel different for everybody. I don't yeah. want anybody to make anybody wrong in their experience. But I thought that was like wow, how eye opening yeah. that her perspective of not having enough was ten thousand, and it's just interesting whatever level of narrative is is being told to us or being yeah. told to us.
0: Yeah, you're making your own set of rules. Right. Like oh, as long as I have ten thousand dollars, or as long as I have this, or like I remember being at my brokest. And I would, I go to TJ Maxx or Marshalls or whatever, and I would buy something and I would leave the tag on. And if I ran out of money, between now and my next paycheck, I had the ability to return that item, right. get my money back so I could put food on the table. Right. And it wasn't until like I met my husband who didn't work hard for his money and didn't work nine to five. And just like, would. I remember one time I was like, I need, once we got married, I was like, I need to go back to work because that was what was so ingrained in me that I only believe that if I had a nine to five, was I making money in order to, provide or contribute. And he was like, why do you want to go back to work, work nine to five when I just made like this much money over the weekend through my, my online business. And I'm like, what? Like, how did you make that much money? Like, to me, it was just so incredible that he made that much money, which is, you know, more than like I could have made working every two weeks. And so that's one thing that I, I too talk about to my, cause it was my own awakening about money is that I tell them money is everywhere and millions and billions and trillions of dollars are being exchanged all the time right and it's an energy. So if we are blocking the energy of money with our old narrative, the old bus driver with the old map and we're going down these old streets, we're never going to see the light of the gold paved streets, right? He's never going to tour us that way. The tour guide's never going to be conscious of those beautiful paved streets. And I love that you said that you take your clients on these retreats where they have like ocean views and really nice restaurants, because you have to step outside of that old story right. so that you could believe it to be true for yourself. Right. We have to, we have, and and the human brain loves to
1: see examples, like to see things exemplified. And I also want to invite that that itself can be its own money ceiling and its own like so for that woman that thought ten thousand dollars is her her ceiling, and I I'm just gonna say this I'm gonna take a risk and say I'm curious if anybody out there has their own definition of a money ceiling. Mm. All right, right, just get curious right now. Where's like where's your safety net, right? And when I think about my safety net, when I was at my poorest, I mean it was like a hundred or three hundred dollars in my checking account, like that's all <laughs> I had, like that like yeah. like literally. After rent and all of that, it was like a hundred or something dollars that I had. If, if I had that, you know what I mean? So, but as I started being more successful, as I started to grow my business, then I noticed, I noticed it was like a thousand and then 3000 and then whatever the thing was like at one point, one of my, long, like 50,000. Mm-hmm. And, but we have to be aware of like, where are we putting our own ceiling? Yeah. Like what if, cause here's the thing. The money, uh, the energy of money, 100%, it's being transacted. Even if you pick up your phone and you open your bank app, that itself is proof that money is just energy. The Mm -hmm. energy of you seeing whatever X amount in your bank account through a phone that's literally light Mm -hmm. in a contraption that is just populating light, aka energy, in a way that you think you see it. Yes, and what I want to invite is we can see the tip of the iceberg, right? We can see it, like oh, that big chunk over there. Okay, that say that's money. What we don't understand or realize under the surface, holy, can I say it? Yeah, shit, holy shit. I don't yeah. know if there are people, that, you know, will vibe okay. with that. But oh my gosh, there's like ninety percent. Of what we think we see is 90% below the surface. And that's what I think starts to, like, if we can understand that about money, that we think we see a certain amount because our parents told us don't spend above XYZ, don't open credit cards, don't do this, or, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, then our sight is inherently to the things that you were given. And again, Mm -hmm. not blaming mom and dad, they're doing the best they could with the tools they had. Right. But we're only seeing with limited vision unless we wake the F up. Like unless we wake up and realize that money is just energy. Yeah. And so much of energy is what we can't see. And if you don't believe me about money, money's, oh, well, that's not true. Like I know I only have $100 in my checking account. Is that really true? Because I know that you also can't see love.
0: Love
1: is Mm. totally energy. So riddle me that, right? Right? We know when we love somebody.
0: Yeah. This episode is sponsored by CoachSnap. Are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business? Then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. So how do you help people fall in love with the energy of money? Because as you're talking, it reminds me of some of my clients where I'm like, one of the assignments I make them do is like, okay, we're going to put a vision board together on the top left-hand corner. I need you to write how much money you want to make. And I remember one client, she at the time was making $60,000 and she's like, 80,000. And even that 80,000 gave her anxiety. I mean, I could see her visibly sweating. She did not want to do 80,000. And I'm like, think bigger, you know, and then I go over to the other tables and I come back and she's slowly writing a hundred thousand. And for that was just like gut wrenching for her, you know, and I wanted to explain to her, like, If you don't fall in love with this number, this number is not going to fall in love with you and you'll never attain the 100,000. But it's Uh, also this, this conversation that I try to have with everybody. And I believe in God, you can call it spirit, the divine source. We come from an infinite source with infinite resources of abundance. So why are we asking for small amounts? Right.
1: Right. Oh, by the way, universe, God, spirit actually is not attached to like your vision of what you want. All that claim, I'll just say claiming or like asking for from the, the bigger force outside of us, it doesn't really decipher those things. It doesn't hear the specifics around it. Either it opens up, it opens up to you or it doesn't. Yeah. So I think it's also important that like, we are the humans that are putting the constraints, like, 60 80 100,000. The universe doesn't really hear that. It, in fact, because it's just dealing with infinite amounts of energy, it's just actually waiting for us to open and and ask. Mm-hmm. So, I just want to remind ourselves it's the human construct. She was struggling with the 60 80 100 and she's all on edge. The universe doesn't care. Doesn't give two <laughs> shits. Like either <laughs> what did you ask for and and so it either gives on the energetic match, mm. and so when I say that, it means that okay, if she was feeling, you could, and you said you saw her feeling physically wobbly and like just shaking in her pants. What do you think the that energy is like, and how do you think that energy is going to be received by the bigger transmitter? Mm. Not well, not not really well, right? If she, if you're feeling like, imagine if she had been totally confident, like I'm claiming this. And, of course, with any kind of manifesting, like, take some action. I'm not saying work to the bone. That's, like, just take action, though. Like, prep the nest for something to land in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Like, prep the nest, right? Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know how else to describe that. But, like, get, get, get it together a little bit so that yeah. the money – and the abundance feels safe and it actually wants to not just circle around and think about dipping down and landing in the nest, like have some pillows, have some, a candle lit, like really get your energy and your space clear so that when you make the ask, it's an energetic match. Cause if it's not a match, why would it land? Yeah. Right? It's Cause if you're actually not in a space to fully receive it.
0: Yes. So how would you help them do a money mind shift?
1: Oh, well, I mean, there's there's a whole process for that. But I think a simple thing that we could do or somebody listening could do today is, number one, you could absolutely look at your money story. Um, and that's just, it's a whole thing in itself. But the other way that you could start to shift your money beliefs is to, and a really simple exercise I like to do is to write a dialogue between you and spirit. Write a, di- a dialogue between you and spirit So it could look something like, you know, dear, dear spirit, like what the hell? (laughs) Like where why am I so broke? Why am I so broke? (laughs) And then you as spirit right back. And I know that seems like a really simple exercise, but actually pick up a pen. You can pause this podcast and like do this exercise. But the first time I did that, I I was broken to the core. I just Mm -hmm. could not believe that spirit, which was, is also hint, hint, it's you, it's you, spirit lives inside you, had the most beautiful, loving, caring things to say. And when we start to, when I started to realize my ego mind, my scared mind, the, the mind that was taught how to keep me safe. And by the way, thank you ego for keeping us safe, right? Like there's, there's certain times where we know we don't need to touch the orange thing in the oven and go past the yellow line and it's like you know the ego keeps us safe but it also is our shackles at the same time. Yeah. So when I realize that, oh my gosh, like this is part of me and I'm I can guide myself through this. that exercise is such a powerful way to shift your mindset around money because it opens you up mm-hmm. to realize how much of your ego mind is thinking through that dialogue.
0: Yeah. And there's probably a lot of healing that the person who's writing needs to do around feeling worthy and deserving of more. Yes, Um, Because that's one of the things that I struggled with in the beginning was when I first married my husband who was, you know, just had money. And I remember like, he would take me to stores and say, buy whatever you want. And I was like, what, like, <laughs> right. and, and then I would just think to myself, I don't need anything. I have everything. I'm okay. I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, cause I had gone through this whole, like paying off my debt and I, you know, I even read the Dave Ramsey thing and it's like, do you want it or do you need it? And right. so like, I trained my brain, do I want it or do I need it? I'm only going to buy things I need and live below my means because that was my budget back then. But now I'm here married to somebody who was like, buy whatever you want. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is completely not on the map, <laughs> Like you're driving down the wrong street. Like I was so afraid because I just felt like he was wasting so much money. And I was just like constantly thinking about like where it should be saved. And now I have a different view of money, you know, and I, I do all these affirmations. I do a whole bunch of mantras when it comes to money, because when that fear wells up inside of me, I just simply say every dollar I spend comes back to me multiplied. Right. Unexpected money simply falls into my lap. You know, just different, I remember these things in order to help me with those feelings of anxiety, because it is an energy money is an energy. And if you have a negative energy towards it, like if some, if you see someone with a nice purse and the first thing that comes to your mind is "Ah, must be nice. Or who does she think she is or whatever, or I can't believe she spent that much money on a purse where she should be saving the homeless. Like there's something that needs healing there. Right? Yes.
1: I'll be honest. (laughs) I'll be honest guess who is talking into the microphone right now and had major issues I was that girl a hundred percent that would judge and say oh my gosh because I also there's there's two type of starving xyz you're starving artist so if you might identify like that you're maybe a creative you actually create art or you're you, you make a musician right there's a starving artist mentality I was a starving healer I mm. was a starving healer. So I am a coach, but I at the, before I was a yoga teacher, strength coach, and there was so much scarcity and shame around wanting more money, like especially in the yoga community. Oh, don't get me started about that community. Like, there's <laughs> a lot of judgment about, oh, to be spiritual it means you need to be poor. Mm. And me personally, I don't think spirit really wants that for us. Like, yeah. is that a choice that you can make? Absolutely. But I don't think God, spirit, divine, universe, entity wants us to be poor. Mm-mm. I don't think, I, I certainly don't think that's, that's the case. So, And by the way, when I, when I also examined myself, I realized that I actually wanted that. I wanted the nice purse. And it was easier to cut that woman down. Mm. It's easier in my mind to cut her down than actually own that I wanted those things. Yeah, and so I I put my own ceiling there. I put my own like I was bumping my head against a certain amount of income because I actually was just buying my own story. And the the other thing I want to add to that is so much of that community or people who think like, eh, who has that in a nice purse, Louis Vuitton. So much of what we don't understand about money is that greed is a characteristic. It's mm. not money that is bad. Greed is something, a, a characteristic. It's a trait somebody inherent. It has, not inherently. They either have it or it's a spectrum, right? Yeah. So the, the money itself is not the bad thing. It's just the energy. It's just the medium. Yeah. Like, um, what's that Taylor Swift song like? something love. It's, or or maybe that's not, (laughs) maybe that's not the the artist, Uh. like like talking about toxic love, right? Yeah, I've certainly been, have experienced toxic love where it wasn't actually healthy for me to be in that loving relationship. I'm doing major quotation fingers. Yeah, It was actually toxic. It wasn't good for myself or that other person or both of us as a couple. So again, love is just the energy We see people in relationships is love to blame for somebody staying in relationship. No, it's, it's like their character, like what needs to be healed in that energy.
0: Yeah. And greed can come from things that are unhealed from them wanting to, oh my God, I have to like steal because there's not enough or, and a lot of people, I hate this mentality where they say rich people are evil. You know, and they, they have this whole thing on, you know, wokeness where it's like, let's eat the rich when half like all, all the rich people that I've ever met are very loving and giving people right. and Same. they're constantly like donating to charities and giving scholarships. And I mean, they are just okay with giving Right. You know, and that's the thing. It's like a good quality. Like that's one thing that my husband taught me is that the more money we make, the more money we can help and serve others and those people nice. that are in need. So I really, really love what you're teaching and, and how you can change the energy around money and fall in love with it. What's another way that another tip that these listeners could do other than, You know, writing a dialogue and you know unpacking the money story. What's another thing that you can give them a really juicy little thing that they can work on today to really start to bring in that energy of money?
1: Well, I love mantras and or mantras, which are Sanskrit is mind mantra tool. So mind tools and. There's, I mean, there's like, you could just look on the internet right now and there's a a thousand of them. But for me, what's really helped with my personal mantra, and if I think about the fact that it's a mind tool, I definitely take the time to examine what's going on in my mind. Like Mm -hmm. what, where is my belief today, today around money, around my relationship with it? And, And here's like, this might sound strange, but personally in my marriage, Like when I take the time to consider what my marriage, my relationship needs right now, I choose today, every day, like what does my relationship need to be healthy, beautiful, thriving? I utilize that thought. So so whether it's for a relationship, because you're in relationship with money, whether we like to admit it or not. So we may as well examine like, what could I say to money today to make it feel as loved as as your partner would. Mm. Right. So what are you like, what, what loving invitation or mind tool can you say to money in this moment today that would help start to heal it? Yes. And I was just thinking today, like, I appreciate you money. Thank you for being there to pay my bills. I appreciate you money. And it can be just as simple. And by the way, gratitude is the highest vibration. It's to be grateful and you can't hold both in your hands. Gratitude and fear. So gratitude is absolutely one of the highest vibrations. You cannot hold fear and gratitude at the same time. Try, try, (laughs) really try to hold both. Yeah. So I invite a simple thing is like, what can they say to money today that is an example of gratitude? I'm grateful for paying my bills today. Some people don't have that, right? So I'm so grateful I get to pay this bill With you, money. I'm so grateful.
0: Perfect. I love that. So, if you're listening to this episode, make sure you do those things to fall back in love with money so that money falls in love with you and you'll get more unexpected cash. You get double your sales. And if you're looking for a coach, how can my audience find you?
1: You can find me on Instagram. That's my jam. It's Claire, C L A R E underscore QI, C U I, short and sweet. And yeah, I give. Tips, especially for coaches. Uh, a lot of my clients are in the spiritual realm. One of my favorite clients is a purpose coach, and through working together and learning how to communicate her programs and her value, I mean, she is closing at eighty to one hundred percent of her clients now. Wow, really changed her life.
0: Yeah, she's also on TikTok, and her website is closed dot Thank you again for joining. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you love this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. You can find me on the internet at fearlessfemale.com, on Facebook, the Fearless Female Movement, on Instagram, at fearlessfemalepodcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And ladies, remember, we have the power to rise and face everything. Until next week, goodbye.